everyone, Gosha Kier, founder and CEO of Elevate, the number one finance and fintech, professional network, and talent platform in North America. As many of you may know, my background is six years as vice president at Goldman Sachs Investment Banking and then vice president at Goldman Sachs Private Equity, then director in private equity by the age of 30. In addition to private equity, I founded Elevate as a platform to increase access to knowledge, networks, opportunities, and resources for top careers in finance, in financial technology, investment banking, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, etc. And now it's grown to be a part of the top universities in the world, top firms, as well as the top MBA programs, and much beyond that. What is the VP role all about? You're in charge. So a lot of times, right, growing up through the industry as an analyst or an associate in investment banking, private equity, or venture capital, the role is that of execution, right? So you're doing deals or you're running some analysis. And a lot of times you're being very reactive to what the MD says or what the partner says or what the vice president says. So for the first time as a vice president, you are now in charge. You are responsible for all aspects of what happens at that firm. So it's a really, really cool role, but it's also a ton of responsibility. What, are you, what exactly are you in charge of? Number one, you're in charge of bringing in new business, new deals, new IPOs, new financings, new sell sides, new buy sides, etc. Ultimately, those are the deals that drive revenue for in terms of the bank itself, but also drive market activity as a financial advisor. Number two, you're executing on deals on behalf of the investment bank. So be it an M&A transaction, be it an IPO, be it a financing deal, equity, debt, leverage finance, whatever it is, you are in charge of executing that transaction from start to finish. Number three, you're in charge of developing new relationships or cultivating existing relationships with clients. The business world, the finance world, the investment banking world is very much reliant on client relationships and the cultivation of those things. And number four, you are in charge of managing the team. So that entails managing the junior people on the team, managing all the work streams on the team, managing and ensuring that everything is kind of going according to plan, not just for the deal itself, but also in terms of managing people, culture, sort of the experience that people get working for you or on your teams. So everything we're gonna talk about in the day in the life of today is gonna to hit on one of these four areas. If things you're working on does not hit into one of those four buckets that are the main thing for your job, you're probably spending time in the wrong places and thus being really inefficient. So let's start in the morning, 6.30, your alarm clock rings, you wake up, right as soon as you wake up, I would say you spend about 20 minutes or so checking emails and just being responsive with the first few emails to get them out the, out the door in the morning. Of that 20 minutes, 10 minutes are spent catching up on the news, right? Catching up on industry publications, catching up on what's going on in the markets, in terms of major deals that happened in the, you know, overnight or in Asia or in other markets or other things as it relates to macro and microeconomic activity. Overnight, you may get sort of anywhere from 30 to 50 emails from different geographies, different teams, junior staff, you know, clients, etc. You really want to spend about 10, 15 minutes in the morning just responding to the 10% that are urgent in the morning. General rule of thumb, the delegation. If you can spend five to 10 minutes organizing and delegating your team around a group of activities early in the morning, then they have a lot more to drive off of and that will save you hours later on in the day in terms of not being specific enough or not giving enough direction to your team to do stuff. So huge fan of delegation. Then 7 a.m., you shower, grab some breakfast. About 60% of vice presidents in investment banking 
are either married or have families or significant others, etc. So usually from 7 to 8 a.m., they spend that time breakfast with the family, breakfast with kids, hanging out before they get jump started in the day. And the rest of the folks, it's personal time, right? You can go to the gym or you can sort of catch up on family relationships. You can sort of catch a friend for breakfast, etc. 8 to 8.30, you commute in the office or you get set up to work from home. There's usually an internal leadership meeting of some sort. So for example, we'll take the Monday morning group leadership meetings. So here's a meeting where all the partners, all the directors, all the MDs and all the VPs get together and they basically strategize on what are the most important aspects of the business we need to focus on during the course of the week. You discuss major upcoming deals, brainstorming on ideas for your major clients and sharing market intel that would help one partner or another VP out in terms of managing their own relationships. So for instance, if I have a client who's in financial technology and is looking to start a lending business, then we'll have a partner on uh, at the bank who covers lending businesses and then he'll be able to make relationships or connections based on the intel he already knows about his own clients. So now the morning meeting ends at around 9.30 and then I'll go ahead and meet with the three or four of my teams that are the most active. So at any given point in time, you've got three or four deals in the pipeline or that you're working on right now. So it could be a pitch, it could be an M&A transaction, it could be an IPO, it could be a sell side, whatever it is. So the morning time, I really wanna spend on making sure my team and I and everyone's on the same page and we're working on the things through the course of the day that leads us to the right direction. So first, I'll pick the most important deal that we're working on. So we'll get the analysts and associates all together in my office and then we'll talk about what are the things that they've just worked on in the last 24 hours and what do the next 24 hours look like? So what are the analyses that need to be finishing? What are the client deliverables that are we're working on? What are the things in terms of timeline of process that we're in? And then what are the steps that are sort of stopping us from getting to sort of those goals, right? So it becomes a very interactive 30 minutes where you, you have everyone on the team sort of present what they're working on and then you give them as a vice president a plan of action for the day ahead. Hey, we have to get these three or four things, three things done and let's sort of do them this order. And then these are all the externalities, right? So we need this from this, this financing group, or we need this from the client, or we need this from the partner. And it's about kind of helping them track down all the inputs that they need in order to get their work done. So anytime you get out of these team meetings, you want to make sure the team leaves with a really clear understanding of what the next steps are and what the to-dos are. So now that I've met with two of my teams, it's about 1030. Now it's time for me to call all my clients. So I get on the phone uh, with four or five of my biggest clients for the day and then start having discussions with them on what are the things that they're focused on. So first I call the CFO of a FinTech company that we cover and they're contemplating an IPO over the next couple of weeks. So the first thing he wants to talk about, how do you approach this choppy market in the IPO context? So we talk about everything, right? We talk about his business challenges, his competition, his pricing, his talent, his technology, etc. And then also hit on what all of that means and what the market sentiment means for his own IPO. So after that call, I call the head of M&A for a huge financial services company. And the, this is a company that we are representing on the active sell side. So whereas the first conversation was a little bit more high level and strategic, this conversation is going to be much more tactical. So we're, we're advising this company on a sell side. So they want to know what are the buyers coming in at? What does the pricing look like? What are the next steps in the process? What does diligence look like, et cetera? So I've got to be in a position to know exactly what's going on on the deal. Thus, I debriefed with my team earlier today and really communicate to the client that, hey, we've got everything under control. This is where we're things, seeing things coming and this is what we need from you guys. So again, it's a matter of 
connectivity, it's a matter of communication, and it's a matter of building those relationships over the course of time. It's 11.30. I've got a lunch in Midtown where I'm meeting a CEO of another company that we're trying to cover. So I hop in a car or hop in an Uber and then go up to Midtown where oh, being on the road, I end up taking more calls either with my associate or with other clients. So on the Uber over, I'm prepping myself on the company, on the industry, on all the things that are happen happening in the M&A space in that same industry, the sub-industry, the trends, the overall macro dynamics, the micro dynamics, all of those things. So the lunch, so it's so the CEO of another FinTech company that a managing director in equity capital markets has introduced us to. So you go have this lunch and effectively it's like a pseudo pitch, right? So the company, the CEO wants to know, hey, who is this banker? What does he know about my industry? And is he the one who's gonna you know, represent me in an IPO or an M&A deal? Part of the ride over, I'm reading everything I can about his company and his industry, the extent that I don't know already. I get well-versed with what's happening on in the markets as it relates to his industry, et cetera. And then, so that I'm ready to present this to him when we speak. So then you're at the lunch and you catch up on the company, right? So the CEO tells you exactly what he's thinking about, the challenges that he's facing, and he wants to hear from you on what are your views on this company and this industry, et cetera. So this is where all the prep, right, comes in handy. You're able to talk to him about all the M&A deals that are happening in the space at that point in time. And you're talking about all of his competitors that are operating in similar areas and what challenges they might be facing and how they're dealing with that. And then finally, you give him an honest assessment of where you see his company compared to everything else that's in the market. I get the sense that we're sort of aligned on his vision and sort of our view on the company, et cetera, which is a good sign. And it's a really good sign when he asked to set up a follow-up, right, with us and his board. And so we take that as a follow-up to do later on, right? In reality, these meetings are kind of like pitches and sales meetings, especially with new clients and new contacts. So you gotta go in, be really prepared with the company, et cetera, but also try to read between the lines, right? What are they really getting after? Because sometimes the CEO, and the board could have different views. The CEO and the investors could have different views, right? The CEO and the management team could have different views. So you really have to understand who are the decision makers and number two, what aligns with your own values and what you see in the market and then giving them the right guidance on what they should be doing. So now it's 1.30, you head back to the office, you take some more calls on the road, you check in with the associate on how things are going. You know, every time you're away from your computer or your phone for an hour, you probably have 20, or so emails and about 10 calls to respond to. So you try to knock all of those out in the Uber and then you get back to the office. So now it's 2, 2 p.m. And then now it's a chance to sync up with two of your other teams. So let's say there's a client pitch coming up next week and the team's been working on a bunch of stuff. You catch up with them and then give them a lot of guidance on what they should be working on. And then it's 2.30, you're gonna be, you're working on a capital markets deal. So you bring the team together and there's a call with equity capital markets on pricing and sort of deals in the market. So you, you go through that. So there's a huge diversity on the types of deals that you might be working on any, any given day or any given week. Let's say that internal work takes about an hour, hour and a half. You're at 4.30 or so. Um, I try to allocate about 30 to 40 minutes of every given day to try to work on people development or internal leadership responsibilities, right? So in addition to doing the banking role, uh, you know, you're tasked with things like recruiting or junior banker development or promotions and et cetera. And so whatever those responsibilities end up being, you try to devote about 30 minutes of a given day 
to making sure that the bankers on your team or at the firm have a good experience being there. I'll take an example. If you serve on the leadership committee, as I did, and you were, you were in charge of, you know, thinking about promotions for our junior bankers, how were all the bankers tracking in terms of, and this is our analysts and associates, how are they tracking in terms of getting promotions or how are they tracking in terms of year-end bonuses? And more importantly, how are they tracking in terms of the responsibilities of what is required of an analyst, right? So a lot of the reason why people, you know, analysts come to Goldman or, or these, these amazing firms is to get a very structured and very tangible learning opportunity. And we wanna make sure that everyone is getting that. It's about 5 p.m. So now we wanna kinda of catch up with some of the other clients that you haven't had a chance to catch up on during the day. So typically I like to structure it such that you catch up with all of your corporate clients in the morning and the afternoon, and then you catch up with your financial sponsors or private equity clients in the evening, right? So they work a little bit later and, and they're sort of in meetings all day usually also. And so if it's 5, 5.30, you kind of call up your other you know, peers, directors, et cetera, um, at other private equity firms and, and sort of have conversations around what are they working on? And specifically, if they're working on a deal that they're, you know, you're, you're advising them on, or they're looking at some opportunities that you can provide a lot of insight on. Like I said earlier, information and relationships are really the capital. So any way you can add value to your clients, right, the better off you are. All of our teams have spent the whole day, right? So we caught up, caught up with them at 9.30 or so. So the teams have spent the whole day working on all the work that, that, that's been happening on all, the, all, the, all these deals. So they submit all of their work to you as a vice president and you go spend maybe 20 to 30 minutes on each deal that you're on. So let's see you're on four deals, that takes about two hours. Um, you go through and give them all detailed feedback and comments on how things are shaping up and what more they should be doing and how they should improve their analysis. So a lot of times, right, you have a financial model that the team sort of prints out on paper and you work, work through. You have to give them insight on, hey, I think this is what we should be using for growth rate, or let's sensitize this variable, or let's think about these types of different scenarios that we can run for the client. Um, and that's where really judgment and insight comes in. And that's something you develop over time as a, you know, a principal or vice president on the job. So it is critical, right, for a VP to be number one, clear in what they want from their team. Number two, really responsive to what the client or the partner is looking for. And then number three, be consistent in their feedback. The team can anticipate how they can get the work done that fits the goals of the VP. So now it's about 6.37, you've got a dinner. It's with a friend, but also a client, potential client of yours. And so yeah, you catch up on business school, you catch up on sort of friends, mutual friends, and how things are going. And then you also focus on, hey, you know, what are you working on? Uh, and, and how can this bank, or how can we support you in doing that? And again, a lot of times these relationships and these sort of meetings and these encounters is what ends up leading to having and sustaining really great relationships. So now dinner is done around nine o'clock. Um, you head back home and you sort of see what the team's been working on and you, you review it or you, you kind of finish up the interaction with the clients and then you sort of close up the day by reviewing what happened in the markets or what happened in the news. Because a lot of times you're so focused on your deals that you may not be able to really track what's going on in the markets overall. Um, and then you sort of catch up on the news, et cetera, and go in to do that. And it's now about 10 o'clock and now you're super tired, right, from the whole day. And guess what? Tomorrow you got an early morning flight to go to LA to meet more clients. And so the cycle kind of repeats itself. And yeah, so hopefully you guys learned a lot uh, in this video about day in the life of a VP in investment banking. And you know, I wish you guys the best of luck and look forward to the next video where we'll cover uh, another cool topic. Make sure to like the video, make sure you're subscribing and then drop a comment on other types of videos that you may wanna see as far as career success goes, All right? Bye everyone.
you know, the cool thing about this role in particular is one, the immense amount of client relationships and responsibilities you get. Number two, the senior levels that you're working at, right? You primarily only interact with CEOs and, and the boards of different firms. Number three, you get to actually have impact on what the client's working on and, and their biggest strategic priorities. Number four, you get to manage a team and really, you know, manage a lot of people under one, one umbrella. And number five, get a whole array of different types of experiences, right? Um, whether it's three or four different deals in any given point in time.